The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Have you ever suffered from moodiness, irritability, and complex immune problems? Have you ever had family tragedy, trauma, and been called too emotionally sensitive? If you've ever had reactive moods and equally twitchy physical health problems when something around you is going wrong, today's your day because we're going to discuss intuitive solutions to emotional and intuitive sensitivity. In today's world, it's very common to having people being called empaths and how that affects their health. Today's show is going to change your life because it's going to teach you how to use mind, body, and medical intuition to solve the problem, but the gift of intuitive porousness or over-empathy. We're taking your calls, 816-251-3555, anywhere in the United States and Canada. Remember, we're live every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Central Time, 5 p.m. East Coast Time, but you can get this show on your favorite podcast provider as well as the live show, every podcast you can even think about. So today's show is very exciting. There's lots of different ways of getting, being emotionally porous or sensitive. There really isn't a definition other than the fact that it's like pornography. If you know, if you see it, you know it. <laughs> I hate to quote, I hate to com- compare emotional sensitivity to pornography, but it's something that creates a reaction in others. If you cry easy, if your body reacts easy, you're used to it. It's the other people that have problems. A lot of times you might be called a black sheep. You might be called, well, you know, They're too thin-skinned. You got to be careful with that one. And so you may have relocated yourself to, in some families, being um, the black sheep. It may be hard for you to work in an office. It may be hard for you to be in certain environments. When your body and your brain get emotionally sensitive, it's been shaped that way, either genetically in utero, in your mother, especially if she had trauma and tragedy going on, 
or later on in your life when there was a lot of crisis. The cortisol and epinephrine shapes an area in your brain, the amygdala. The amygdala is an area for temporal lobe for sounds, noises, and vision, but also for emotion, fear, anger, sexuality, but also spirituality and intuition. So you can understand that if you have trauma, the volume of the amygdala gets turned up and the more rational memory area, the hippocampus, doesn't work as well. So when people talk normally about things they're angry about, the volume of it is turned up in your brain. It sounds so not loud. It's so loud and annoying. And when you say to someone, do you really have to say it that way? They're like, what? What? What did I do? And they'll accuse you of being too sensitive when it's like loud noises. The same thing with the lights. A lot of people may be able to block out strobe lights, bright lights, but your brain doesn't do that that well. The same thing with smells, tastes, and medicine. You have an equal sensitivity. Not This isn't just about emotional, intuitive sensitivity. It's about body sensitivity as well. So you might be chemically sensitive, get a lot of side effects. As a child, you might be called, oh my God, you're just a baby. Why can't you just suck it up? But you know, you just can't. You might get hives. You might get real side effects like liver enzymes and a variety of other problems. So there's a way of being born this way, but also having your brain shaped that way. There's a lot of other ways in which we can have our brain and body become this. One is drugs, steroids, alcohol, addiction can take its toll. It creates little holes in your brain's insulation. Whether it's cocaine or alcohol, the boundaries between cell membranes in your brain that is supposed to be like wire insulation, sound insulation, don't work as well. We have Anderson William Anderson Windows in Maine, and they have noise insulation and light insulation. And so when that film is there, it doesn't let as much light and sound in. However, people with this type of brain, you probably, or if you're listening to this show, the light, the sound, and people's emotions come right in and it fades you. And certain kinds of framing that you can get for pictures, if you don't have that insulation, the picture that you have framed fades. And just like someone who's emotionally sensitive, intuitively porous, you fade as well. You're more likely to get fatigue. The third reason is immune system problems. People might have chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, any chronic immune system problem or infection releases all these inflammatory mediators, cytokines, that makes you more porous or sensitive. Right now, we're in a coronavirus epidemic, pandemic all over the world. And everywhere, 
when you talk to someone who's gotten it, they have the similar delirium. They're very emotionally porous or sensitive and they have less tolerance. When you're emotionally sensitive, you have less tolerance. Many of them want to quit their jobs because they think that they just can't go back to the way they were. And after they've gone through the virus, something about their brains seems to be different. It's not just perhaps having the virus creating an immune problem and for them a cyto cytokine storm, IL-1, IL-6, but it's also the trauma of almost dying. That's the next problem. If you have almost died, or you have and you came back a near-death experience, or you've been in a situation where you're surrounded by death, it leaves you like a raw nerve. And you get very, very emotional and very intuitively porous. It can be a good thing, but it can be a difficult thing. For one, it changes your capacity to focus and pay attention. Focus and pay attention. And so these days during the coronavirus, people have a difficult time focusing and paying attention because they're emotionally labile. The other day I heard the song by Maureen McGovern, There's Gotta Be a Morning After. And I just started to cry because every day you go on the web and you find out that there's another 2,000 people in the United States died. And then there's another 2,000 and there's another 4,000. And then across the world, there's more and more. And as you do that, these wonderful things, these wonderful little videos people create of people lining the street in the United States, New York City and so on, or Italy and so on. And they salute the caregivers and they usually play a song like, there's got to be a morning after. If you could hold on through the night. And, you know, not only do you start crying about what's going on, there's something about being joined with the tragedy and trauma of everybody else intuitively that just exaggerates your emotional sensitivity and porousness. And not only do you get joined by emotional sensitivity, but you get joined by hope and spirituality. We have a chance to find the sunshine. Let's keep on looking for the light. Once again, those are the wonderful lyrics of Maureen McGovern. You can get this way by not sleeping enough, not eating enough, and not exercising. And many people who do spiritual retreats go on this kind of fasting that primes their brain for this experience of being more emotionally and spiritually labile. However, it can, unfortunately, make you go a little lulu and not a nice way. They do isolation, being thrown in the hole in a prison, and that way of being sequestered without stimulation can make you more emotionally porous or sensitive when you're removed or isolated from normal sights and sounds of people in the herd. Noises sound so loud. Sights and visions seem so loud. And you become emotionally sensitive. 
And that's where everybody is now. People are losing it. And maybe you have too. Problems with blood sugar, liver, kidney, breast problems, lung problems, heart problems. It's well known that after a heart attack, people start crying a lot. Maybe it's the chemicals that are released after a heart attack. It's not known. Then there's something to do with brain problems. When you have something different about your brain, it makes it leakier. They call it encephalopathy, but really, my Aunt Evie from Portugal used to call it a weakness from in the brain. Is it weak to be emotionally sensitive and porous? Is it weak to be so hyper-connected to the world and other people that it makes people, other people stoic if it seems strong? I remember when I was a resident on the psych unit, it was a very, very, it was a week of rain, 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 rain. And everybody was so depressed on the unit. So one of the male nurses said, I can't believe it. Everyone's such a mess on this unit. And I said, maybe it's the fact that it's rained for a week. And he said to me, I can't believe you have such pro primitive processing to believe that our moods would be so keyed into the weather. Oh, come on. There's a bunch of literature about the full moon, for God's sakes. We are connected to other people and we are connected to nature. And the more emotional porousness or sensitivity you are, you'll be more primed your health and your moods to other people around you and the moon. Does that mean that your health, you just can't help it? That you can't change? Well, you can benefit from this intuitive emotional porousness and spiritual porousness, but you also have to learn to make your body less entrained by other people's emotions. Make your body less entrained or resonate with other people's ups and downs. Otherwise, you will live a roller coaster life. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and we're talking about intuitive solutions to emotional intuitive hypersensitivity. If you want to know more about the solution to today's show, you want to follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa, Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa 1, Twitter, Dr. Mona Lisa 2. For a private reading, if you can't get on the line today, you can go to www.drmonalisa.com for a private one or two hour reading, www.drmonalisa.com or call 207-846-6475. We will go to line one, Lorna, how can I be of help? Is this Dr. Mona Lisa? Yes, indeedy, Bob. Wonderful. I can't believe that. I got selected. Actually, I can't believe it. That was amazing in terms of law of attraction. Um, well, I've been struggling for the last 10 years with post-traumatic stress disorder, um, anxiety, and major depression. And then across the decade, I've now been um, diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. I've eaten poorly to um, manage uh, all the emotions associated with post-traumatic stress disorder. Well, Lorna, the first thing I see is though you've worked on this, you've always been this way. Yeah. Even before what you call the trauma you've always had poor insulation between you and the world. 
you know, they've done a lot of work on people who with incest, sexual abuse, even war trauma. And do you know what they've seen? They've seen mm. that it's not always the tragedy and the trauma the person experiences. It's also the support they get when they come home if they've been debriefed, meaning did you talk to someone talk about it with you? Not initially, no. Wait, I know, wait a minute. But also, if you have genes or tendencies toward other health problems, do you understand? When I look at yeah. you, I see that when you were growing up, there was someone who wasn't there to make you feel safe and secure. This person has a mood problem. They're depressed, anxious. They have a hard time seeing anybody else. They're like in a cave. Do you understand what I'm saying, Lorna? Yes, ma'am. You don't have to call me ma'am. You can drop the ma'am. <laughs> you developed a very intuitive brain because it felt like she was distant, like in Afghanistan. And mm. you were somewhere, let's just say Kansas, because I can't tell you what state you were in. But so to hear her all the way over there, you had to turn up the volume. Mm. It's like she's in Afghanistan and you're in Kansas. So to turn up the volume, you turn up the volume. So you learned how to be clear audience. And even though she was in the room, she couldn't see you. And you couldn't really see the expression. You couldn't really see her heart. So to really see her, you had to become clairvoyant. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You had to turn up the volume because you couldn't feel her thoughts. And she was depressed in a way that she was frozen. So you had to turn up the volume to feel her by becoming clairsentient. So that means when you leave that home, in addition to the trauma you experienced, other disappointments that might not throw people over the edge will throw you over the edge because they'll sound so loud because your brain's, your brain's volume for vision, hearing, sentient, disappointment, separation has been turned way up. Mm. Do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? Absolutely. What was your mother suffering from? Um, in terms of the trauma or in terms of health issues? What was she, why was she so depressed? She had been incested by her stepfather for several years. And she didn't feel protected by her mother. There's something about her constitution that she brings that in your family. Can and so what, what she has a stepfather who abuses her sexually. Mm -hmm. Usually those people aren't great at picking men. Mm -mm. So, 
and they're not great at being able Usually they pick the wrong people to love. They love someone who's unhealthy for them. And when they see people who are healthy, they disregard them. They can't see them. Mm. And so chances are your family life wasn't great because it was based on, that's what I'm saying. So she brings her past into your family. You mm. get it? Mm-hmm. There's my my Angelo said, when you know better, you do better. Does it excuse mm -hmm. it? No. Neglect is neglect. But when you know better, you do better. Let's just say with the encyclopedias, she didn't get many volumes growing up. Mm -mm. You understand she was missing one through 12. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the poor thing. She's what we would say in Portuguese, a cuchadinha. You know what a cuchadinha is? The poor thing. No, 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 no. Needless to say, it's very sad. So who was the person that incested you? There was a, a man in the neighborhood where I lived as a small child. Um, I was probably your mother would your mother would not see and I interrupt you so I, you don't re yes, reenact it. You understand what I just did. So your uh, mother wouldn't have picked up that cue. Mm -mm. Did you get why? Because her brain would put up the boundary. Yeah. So instead of being mm -hmm. very emotionally porous, from her trauma, she would become emotionally numb. Mm -hmm. That is what happens with people who are trauma. And they're am amazingly emotionally porous or sensitive in one area of their life, and then they're numb somewhere else. Do you get it? I, I look at your head. Yes, I do. I look at your head. Yes. You got to ask that person to take a break for a second, okay? I got cats I outside too. They don't want to go anywhere. Uh, they want to be here too. If my cats yeah, can't I, I be here, her. your kids can't. I look at your head. <laughs> yeah, I let her know already. Thank you. Right, good. You gave her the hoof. I look at your head. Yes. Yes, ma'am. I mean, yes, I know. Hold not ma'am. You told me not to say ma'am. Yes. Don't say ma'am. I look at your head. I know. I see a pressure in your head area. I can't figure out it's vascular, hormonal. I just see a pressure in your head. I wonder if it's made worse by muscle tension in your neck. I look at your neck left. I look at your adrenal... Um, Thyroid, I see increased susceptibility of making antibodies against your adrenal gland and your thyroid. I want to keep saying adrenal gland. Do you know that 15% of all, 10% of all people who have antibodies against their thyroid also have antibodies against their adrenal gland? So all these people who allegedly have adrenal fatigue, who have thyroid problems, do you know that they probably have undiagnosed adrenal disease like Addison's, but they can't pick it up on the test? Just FYI. I look at your left lung, right lung, left breast, right breast. I wonder if you wake up at night a lot with these little, you have lots of awakenings. So during the day, you're, wait, wait a second, you're very sleepy. I wonder mm -hmm. if it's hard for you to expand your lungs. I wonder if your mm -hmm. lungs are reactive in certain situations, perfumes, pollen, dust, Definitely but pollen. also, wait a minute, don't say anything. Otherwise, they take the show away from me. Uh, that Diane Ray, who's the big cheese here, she says, either you work or we give you the hoof. I wonder if you also have problems with breathing in tight spaces, either heights, closing spaces. You really feel it in your lungs. When you're in a situation where there's someone who's very overbearing, angry, you can't take a deep breath. Your diaphragm spasms. I look at your left breast, right breast. 
esophagus, stomach, liver, gallbladder, colon, and rectal areas. Yeah. I wonder if you have problems in your right upper quadrant of your abdomen. I wonder if you have problems with fats and oils. I wonder if you have problems with abdominal distension, bloating, and air that collects in your bowel. I look at your left kidney, right kidney, bladder, uterus, left ovary, right ovary, and cervix if you still have them. I see an old red dotted pattern in your cervix. I can't figure out if it's virus or what it is. I look at the joints in your hands, wrists, elbows, shoulders, hips, knees, and ankles. Mm. I wonder if people in your family have a genetic predisposition to antibodies or inflammation that goes after their joints or joint capsule. I look at your neck, upper back, lower back, and sacral areas. I see yeah. a minor curvature in your lumbar and thoracic area. I wonder if you've had an accident. Either you fell, a car, or some other event that injured your neck and your head. Mm -hmm. Can you please tell me your health concerns? Um, primarily, that, that di anything associated with diabetes at this point. Did anybody say that you have fat in your liver? Yes, my primary care physician. Um, do you have high blood pressure? Yes. So the pressure in your head is vascular. How high is your blood pressure? Um, today it was 139 over 85, I think. The lower number is more important. I know when you mm -hmm. say diabetes, Everybody's like, oh, well, it's sugar. Right. But people don't think about the weight. And the, they just think about weight and they think of sugar. With you, it's vessels. Okay. What kind of health problems run in your family? Um, and, well, on the mental health side, anxiety and depression. And then um, both my mother and grandmother were diabetic. And what kind of health problems did they have as a result of their diabetes? Um, my grandmother had issues with her heart, um, everybody high blood pressure. Okay, um, that's what I'm talking about. So you have to focus on diabetes is not going to help you. It's like saying, what are we having for dinner tonight? Food. It's not specific <laughs> enough. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. Diabetes, all it does, it's like a stove. It turns up the gas on whatever illness runs in your family. So if you weren't diabetic, you would get, we're going to come back, okay? When we come back, we're going to talk about how to stabilize your brain-body circuits for emotional intuitiveness. You're listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Welcome back. We've been talking about intuitive solutions to emotional sensitivity. 
today's show has been dedicated to the 10 causes of being hyper-emotional, hyper-intuitively sensitive. And there are lots of different solutions. Each one fit the cause because one size does not fit all. You can't do anything about your genes, but you can definitely do something about the lack of sensitivity, the, circ the, the lack of insulation between you and other people. You can learn mindfulness to learn how to watch other people's experience, observe, describe, allow, but not react. However, if your brain and your body has been altered by injury, by trauma, inflammatory mediators, you might need stabilization in your brain. For one, you might consider DHA 1,000 milligrams three times a day. Talk to your practitioner about this or even other kinds of mood stabilizers. It creates insulation within your cells, excuse me, on the outsides of your cells, but in your brain. The second thing is you need to decrease your emotional vulnerability that happens when you don't sleep, eat, or exercise or socialize enough. If you isolate, you're going to be more twitchy and porous. The second, thir the third thing is hormones. Stabilize your hormones. Eat a regular meals. Have regular sleep cycle. Do things on a schedule. Unstable schedule equals unstable mood. Unstable body chemistry equals emotional porousness and sensitivity. If, however, you've had a lifetime of emotional porousness, a sensitivity, an intuitive sensitivity, consider that, to quote Lady Gaga, you were born this way. It is a shamanic journey, the seer, the quotient data, the medical intuitive. All of these people are what I'd call not ordinary. They're unique. However, they tend to have difficult health. So your emotional sensitivity could cause environmental immune sensitivity, digestive sensitivity, cardiovascular, autonomic sensitivity, a whole hook, cardiovascular, hypertension, all kinds of reactions. You can learn how to use dialectical behavioral therapy, a kind of cognitive behavioral therapy based on Tibetan Buddhism and mindfulness. Lorna, specifically for you, it's very good for people who have had trauma. It's good for people who have unstable moods of bipolar, borderline personality disorder. And I'm not saying anybody has that. I've taken the class and I've taught it because I have a porous, sensitive brain, intuitive, mystical, whatever you call it. And I've always been called very sensitive. I It helps me because when I am in around allowed emotions with people who are very suffering, I tend to fall asleep. I have seizures. Learning DBT helped me stay awake which helped me stabilize my mood. We will go back to Lorna. Lorna, can you hear me? I can. Your unstable moods because you're emotionally sensitive, your amygdala triggers your adrenal gland to produce cortisol independent of what you eat. The cortisol from your adrenal gland would go to the nearby pancreas and mess up your insulin. And then you might actually use food as medicine to stabilize your mood. And as you know, all medicine has an effect, but it has a side effect. So some drugs make you gain weight, even though they help with your mood. 
food helps you with your mood, but helps you gain weight. A lot of people will say to a doctor, I'm not going to eat that medicine. I'm going to take that medicine. It made me gain weight. But I don't hear them saying that about food. The same with alcohol. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. So if you're on any medicines, talk to your doctor or the practitioner about their weightogenic effects because weight, body fat, actually, like taking the pill, can make you more depressed. And depression makes you more moody, porous, or sensitive. Do you understand? Yes. On the other hand, when you lose the weight, wait for it, you're going to get more sensitive because you'll have even less insulation. Are you following me? Uh-huh. DBT can help you do that. But I'm telling you, last but not least, I want you to forgive your mother because, quite frankly, I, already, I know you have. And forgiveness is, well, I hate to use that word. What I would say is, if you adopted an animal that had been abused, right? Mm-hmm. And it peed on the floor a lot or bit you sometimes. Mm-hmm. A lot. Of, it's very interesting. A lot of people who have been abused get very involved in animals' rights, animal shelters, mm-hmm. and even take care of abused animals, especially pit bulls. Mm-hmm. And they give those animals wide berth when they bite people. Because they understand they might have been abused. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. And that it's easier sometimes to understand an animal than a person. Quite frankly, I understand that point of view, quite frankly. <laughs> However, my point is, because I yell at my cats, I love you people. My point is, I want you to consider your mother is like an animal that got returned to the pound several times mm-hmm. by, and was abused. See how you have empathy? Do you see that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if there are animals that have been returned to the pound, and when they have babies, you know what they do? They walk away. They don't know how to deal with them. Mm-hmm. See how you see how you are? Well, you know, you can do that. And the reason why you can do that is because they're not your mother. <laughs> mm-hmm. You don't have that personal relationship. And I'm not excusing your reaction it's completely normal i'm mm-hmm. just saying for the point of view anger is the most weightogenic emotion mm-hmm. it makes you heavy do you understand so it's not helpful Literally. at least for you just understand that every time it goes through if it weren't for this if it weren't for that she couldn't see it she was numb if you look up ptsd which i'm sure you know a lot of it ptsd causes numbing mm-hmm she couldn't have seen it if it happened in your living room. And worse wow. yet, when you bring it up to her, wow, it happens. Why would it happen so often? It's a chain of pain. Does it forgive it? No. Radical acceptance in DBT is a Buddhist thought. Does not mean it's fair, right, or just. It does not mean what happened is right. Accepting it is the only way out of suffering. Do you see the difference? Absolutely. So what I'm saying is you can understand it. I had a cat who scratched me in the eye and gave me a black eye. It affected our relationship. However, (laughs) she had a history of abuse. I loved her. Do you understand? Uh Uh-huh. Do that, and I think you'll feel better. But your major issue is cardiovascular, and, of course, that would be the heart. 
which is emotions and it's for chakra and it's the breast and it's all about mother. Mm. Do you get it? I do. And though you've had incest and sexual abuse, your trauma is about your mother. Mm. Got it? Good I luck. Thank it. you so much for calling. You're a precious thing. Good luck. Thank we you. Will, thank you. We'll go to Mary. Line three. Mary 60, how can I be of help? Oh, my Lord. Is this me? <laughs> uh, no, I, I think Lisa? it is. Mona Lisa. <laughs> Dr. Mona Lisa. Like Dr. Mona Lisa. Oh, my gosh. Yes, thank you for taking my call. Um, okay, let me just cut to the chase. So the last four years, I have been my mother's caregiver, happy to do so, did it with great love. Um, she recently passed away. Uh, all good. I mean, I, it, was, it was the way let me stop, things were going to go. Let me go. stop you for, hold on a second. What you do, because I want to make sure I get this without you. What you do is you do the anger back bypass procedure. <laughs> And it, what you do, and there's nothing wrong with that, like, like in Seinfeld, not that there's anything wrong with that. The problem in grief is I've only known one tight time when a person had an obituary and they created something negative in the obituary. And it's, it's hard to have grief and sadness about someone that you had some anger about because it's like bad juju to be angry with someone who's dead. I don't know what that is. Maybe you think you're going to get bad mocks when you go to the pearly gates. I have no idea. They're going to tell you to go to the back of the line or you're not going to get any beverages or peanuts on the flight there. All I'm saying is <laughs> there was something about sadness in your relationship with your mother that you have some anger about her and you couldn't work it out with her because her mind went somewhere else. She was mm -hmm. just vacant in some way. And that was very anxiety provoking because it felt like the lights were on and nobody was home. Mm -hmm. And so you hold the anger on your chest Because grief is like, death is like birth. Giving birth to someone takes pregnancy. It's like pregnancy, 10 months to resolve in our brain. And so it takes 10 months for you to resolve that this person is not here and they're slowly going to the other side. And if, it, if you can't resolve that, then it becomes a complicated bereavement that turns to depression. And that creates a, a problem with your brain chemistry and your body chemistry. Serotonin, and it makes you very um, reactive to other people. Rejection sensitivity. And like you have a raw nerve. And that's what this is about. So it makes it worse. Your problem with your mother dying is that you've, you can't say out loud some aggravating things that aggravated you about her. 
because it's taboo. What was aggravating about her? Oh, she could be mean. <laughs> uh, very mean. Uh, verbally abusive. Her whole life or just um, at the end? You know, it actually, it started about maybe 10 years ago. And, and, and so her illness began. Okay, hold on one sec. Okay, that's my point. Mm-hmm. If she became very mean 10 years ago, what was she like before that time? She was a good, she was an earth mother. I mean, she, she would, she, she was a loving, caring person. Okay. So my point was she went into La La, she went to La La Mm -hmm. Land. Mm -hmm. So she became vacant. It's hard Mm -hmm. to talk to someone who's not all there. Because you, she became not your mother anymore. Mm-hmm. She looks like your mother. And she has cameo appearances of acting like your mother. But slowly and gradually, she becomes someone else and does things that aggravate you. And how the hell are you supposed to process that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I hate to say this to you. I'm retired, but I, I'm a neuropsychiatrist. Mm-hmm. And I have a PhD in the brain and a residency in psychiatry. And what I learned with people who are severely brain injured or demented is I treated more of their families than the patients. And I learned that we are stewards for their body, that they are a shell that's still left on earth. I used to play with insects a lot when I was a child and I was really thought it was amazing. Once a cocoon hatched and it became a butterfly, you saw that old shell left that was like hanging from a tree somewhere. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I did the same thing. I I think good. So that's, I brought up the right metaphor. I tend to bring up the metaphor the person Mm -hmm. will understand. So my, the way that I think about it is your mother became a butterfly and went to the other side heaven, mm-hmm. Olam Haba, whatever it is. But you're left with this shell that's hanging from the tree that unfortunately becomes a bag of neurochemistry that argues with you and does ridiculous things at times. And because you're a human that's talking to a reasonable facsimile of you human and we have to be humane, it's hard not to react to that. I remember my... Aunt Nancy was at a funeral (laughs) and she was upset because her husband died and some nuns came up to her and they said, I'm so sorry about Tony. He's in a better place. (laughs) I'm talking about nuns, you know, nuns. They look, they never sweared. They never had sex, apparently. Mm-hmm. No, nothing. You know what I mean? And how can you get mad at a nun? Although I know that there is some that kind of bad. They hit kids with rulers. But mm-hmm. how can they be bad? And she says, when they say to her, you know, Tony's in a better place. She says, and you can go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> I've taken care of people who were demented, who said some things that their former selves would have been horrified. Do you understand? Yes, I do. And, I and do. when I was, when I got run over by, I, well, there was a truck involved. When I died in the OR and it had to be resuscitated, it took them 10 minutes. 
I thought I was on a pirate ship. You understand? <laughs> they had to keep giving me these transfusions. I'm not kidding. I asked everybody. Oh. I was in Phoenix. I asked them if Phoenix, Arizona had been underwater. It was ridiculous. <laughs> but I, I, I decided I was going to give all the nurses scholarships to go to medical school because I thought they were so smart. <laughs> and I just said some awful, ridiculous things, including I wanted to leave the hospital, that I was in the wrong place. And when they called mm -hmm. the administrator of the hospital and he called me a nut, I wrote down, let me at him. I'm going to knock out his lights. You can't silence the Portuguese. We must have a voice. <laughs> I know. It's awful. And I might have used some choice words. I don't remember. All I'm saying is that's not me. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to have to talk to someone about getting that out because mm -hmm. that is messing your brain chemistry up. Mm -hmm. I look at your head. I see problems with focus attention. You have loving relationships. Mm -hmm. I look at your neck. I look at your thyroid. It's going to mess up subtle forms of T3 and mild forms of TSH. I look at your left lung, right lung, left breast, right breast. I see an increased susceptibility of getting infection in your chest. You have to be careful of that. How old are you? You're okay. 60. I see a mild mm -hmm. change in a rhythm that at times feels a discomfort in your chest. I can't figure out if it gets worse when you're anxious. If you start to feel pressure in your chest, it's hard to take a deep breath and a change in rhythm. You really have to get it checked. I look at your esophagus, okay. stomach, liver, gallbladder, colon, erectile areas. I look at your left kidney, right kidney, bladder, uterus, left ovary, right ovary, and cervix if you still have them. Can you please tell me your health mm -hmm. concerns? Here's okay. So I started. I have a hair. I have lycoplanum planaris, um, and that that occurred about eight years ago. Hair loss, all of a sudden. Um, That's your mother. You lost your roots. You were losing your roots. Mm -hmm. Do you get it? You know. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. I never thought of it that way, but yes, yes. But it's also can be uh, related know. to anemia. It can be autoimmune. It can be spleen meridian. Mm -hmm. In Chinese medicine, it can be kidney. Did it grow back? Somewhat. Somewhat. I, you I need actually... to go to You need to go to an herbalist, and consider okay. going getting Shouwu Pian after going to an endocrinologist after this whole coronavirus has mess uh, changed. You also need yeah. to consider getting one of those laser caps because I actually saw someone with um, um, alopecia areata have their hair grow back using laser acupuncture. Okay. okay? okay. Good luck. You Good take idea. it easy. Thank you. Thank you. Take you it easy. Bye-bye. We'll go to line two. Yeah. I How can, can I be of help? You. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. How can um, I be of help? Okay, I'm really super sensitive to other people. So when I when I'm at work, if there's any little distraction or if the other people are talking or um, I really get not disoriented, but I just really get bothered by it. And I want to be a little bit more wrong word, but hardcore about it. You can't I don't have to. You can't. And I'll tell you why. Yeah, and I'd like to learn how to read like Eric Severide. It's not going to be. It isn't going to be. I have to read by underlining everything. I wish that wasn't the case. You have a brain that has what I call intuitive ADHD. 
and that is the right brain is important for divided attention. Balancing awareness of what's going on inside of you with what's going on outside of you. You can't do that. Like walking and chewing gum, you can't do those two things at one time. So you can pay attention if you're home alone or in a room closed, closed with the door closed. But even if you're in a room with the door closed at work, your attention would be going through the wall into what's going on in the other room. You yeah. can't do it. And so you need to accept the fact that you have roving intuition. Do you understand? Loathing? Roving. Red Rover, Red Rover. Okay. Send Anne right over. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And part of it got worse with a family. I see a family in the past where there was someone who was depressed that you tried to get through to. They had a problem with work. And that they were a very depressed, stubborn person who had trouble with work. And unfortunately, they didn't um, take control of their life and didn't accept authority and responsibility in their life. Who is that person? I'm thinking my mother. I mean, I stuck by her side forever, and she just... I mean, she just didn't seem as smart as I wanted her to be. I don't know. I don't oh, know. Well, that's that why you are father. the way you are. She isn't. What about your father? Well, my father had a good business when they divorced. He just pretty much uh, did minimal work for the rest of his life. And I mean, okay. he had a lot of talent and he was depressed. That's it. You don't have, that's your father. You don't have respect for somebody who doesn't use all of their potential. And that may be, but then you pour on that heavy-handed judgmentalness on yourself. And that, unfortunately, makes it harder for you. It's like somebody is on top of your head going, what about this? What about this? You better do this. You got, you got that wrong. You got, and that, someone tapping on your shoulder like that, you want to you yell at them. Oh, yeah. You may think your parents didn't try hard enough. It's not the point. Okay. They're depressed. You're not depressed. You are a person who compensates, overcompensates. So stop doing that to yourself. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because so stop. otherwise, stop being yeah. as judgmental and tough on yourself because okay. you're not going to turn into your father or mother. That's it. You're afraid that your inability to use all of your ability at work, to be as productive as you'd like to be at work, won't make you be like your father. And that's not the case. Because your okay. father had an apathy and a depression. Do you get it? Mm -hmm. Meaning you're not your father. Okay. I'm a lot like him, though. I. But I said I'm a lot like him. Oh, I but, heard it. Uh, oh. <laughs> but you're not depressed <laughs> like that. You're sensitive. Well, don't get confused. Go ahead. Uh, I think I am a little. I don't know. Not like that. Not like that. You push yourself. It's different. 
you compensate. I look at your head, neck. I see increased susceptibility of having problems maintaining stable weight. I see increased susceptibility of having problems with your stomach lining with acid and bacterial overgrowth. I okay. see a tension in your lower back where the, the psoas muscle and clamps down on the sciatic plexus. Can you please tell me your health concerns? Um, we, have, I don't, we have a minute left. My, okay, my back is fine. I'm thinking maybe my knees. I don't know. I don't know what it is about my knees. How, t how tall are you? Is, how tall are you? I'm 5'4". Five, four. Five, how much, four, you, how much do you weigh? How much? 130, 130. How's your digestion? Uh, I think I get anxious and then my stomach acid start to run and run. and. Okay, that's the first. If I get the acid, I'm telling you, there's something about how your lower back is and how you lean forward affects your knee. So I want you to oh, I lean work forward with... It. Okay. You lean forward. That makes yeah. your piriformis muscle clamp down on your sciatic plexus. And then your iliotibial band hurts your knee. I want you to work with someone who okay. does yoga who can look at your posture. That's affecting your okay. knee and ultimately will affect your lower back. Okay? There's my music. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I want to thank you for welcoming me into your day. You've been listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.